Hey everyone, this is Tiffany. And this is Leah. And, and we're, we're in the Observation Bubble. As soon as the movie started, I knew it was going to be a good one. Do you know how I knew this? Why? How? John Goodman. Yeah. That's all you need. And you already know that it's going to be a banger of a movie. He's a he's a good omen. I concur. So Matinee is the 1993 comedy drama. It's classified as on IMDb. There's not a, a lot of drama, but okay. I, it's like there is, but at the same time, I don't think that it would... I would not classify it as a drama. So I was four when this came out. It's fun. Uh, starring John Goodman, Kathy Moriarty, Simon Fenton, and I don't know if he's been in other things. I have no idea. Who did he? Um, who was Simon Fenton? Was he Gene? Yes. Also starring Omri. I don't know how to spell pronounce his name, but I'm going to try it. Omri Katz, very well known as Hollywood in Hocus Pocus, The Virgin, who lit the black oh. flame candle. Uh, yes i knew i recognized that kid i could not place him see i saw this before i ever saw, i didn't see hocus pocus till i was probably in my 20s same don't come for me okay no. <laughs> <laughs> um so i knew him from this movie so when i saw hocus pocus I was like oh it's the kid from matinee <laughs> yeah like i saw him and i'm like man he looks familiar i know him from something i mean that clearly shows how many times i've seen hocus pocus does it? Not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if I if I if I like recognized them, but I couldn't place them. Oh, yeah. I watch I watch Hocus Pocus. I, once I finally watched it, I like it. I mean, I like it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's not something that it's a I watch a lot. I watch it a lot. It, I'm still weirded out by the focus on virginity. There was an issue with that in Monster Squad too. So it's it's a thing apparently. Yeah. So our movie matinee opens with an atomic bomb explosion a mushroom cloud but it you know it fades out blah 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 it turns out it's a movie trailer and you get the first glimpse of john goodman who was played wait no lawrence woolsey who is played <laughs> by john goodman <laughs> something i saw in the trivia for this movie was that apparently the maybe not the writer but the director put a lot of nods into like classic Hollywood and classic Hollywood monster movies, sci-fi, and even like older directors because uh, Lawrence Woolsey is, let me go find the actual <laughs> bit of trivia here. <laughs> Character of Lawrence Woolsey is based directly upon the real Hollywood showman, William Castle. Character is introduced in a recreation of Castle's famous trademark of a silhouette of him in a director's chair with his head turned in profile with his cigar. Okay. Very cool. Also says that William Castle directed 13 Ghosts, the original 13 Ghosts movie. And he mm. had, slight spoiler for the rest of the podcast, one of the effects he was talking about later in the movie he actually used for 13 Ghosts, apparently, in theaters. Oh. So A little foreshadowing? Yeah. Oh, wait. I forgot to read the synopsis. Mm. A small-time film promoter releases a kitschy horror film during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes. Yep. That really puts the focus on Larry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So And Gene. Yeah, well, Gene's not sort of mentioned at all there. That's what I'm saying. He's uh, with him being your main pro bleh, with him being your main protagonist, you would think that it would say a little bit of something about him. Yeah. It's just it just mostly talks about Larry there. Yeah. Okay. So we see Lawrence Woolsey 
he's premiering a trailer for his new movie. And it's a movie about, it's called Mant, M-A-N-T, man plus ant. Instead of like getting powers like Spider-Man, this man was bitten by a radioactive ant and changed into a giant ant, basically. Yes. <laughs> you can tell Mr. Woolsey, Woolsey, I have such a hard time with his last name. That's why I just call him Larry. He makes monster movies and scary movies and stuff. We pan all the way out of the trailer into a movie theater, a little 1960s movie theater, and we focus on Gene and his little brother, Dennis. Dennis. I could not remember that kid's name. Dennis. The entire movie. Even though later on, there is a pretty big focus on him. Yeah. But the entire movie, I could not remember that kid's name. Don't ask me their last name, because I really don't remember that. Nope. They're watching this preview, and Larry's talking about... <laughs> Something ripped straight from the headlines that you might see in national magazines. And he flashes like some comic books. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. He's introducing a new process. When you're like, wait, what's that? He's kind of bringing the story to life and making you feel things. So he's introducing Atomovision and Rumble Rama, the motion picture miracle that puts you into the movie. And oh, it does. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. You'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> They're seeing some other previews saying, oh, other things made by Lawrence Woolsey. And one of them's Dr. Diablo, and he's a hypnotist, and Gene pretends to be hypnotized and tries to strangle his brother. And I'm just like, I all the way through this movie, it got younger sibling PTSD. <laughs> like, I knew you would. I knew that you would. Like, okay, you knew my brother. So, yeah, like, he literally did something like this. They're seeing all the creepy crawly bugs and stuff. And he leans over and like messes with his brother. He's like, oh, stop it. God. He's like, don't worry. It's just me this time. Mm. Brett's not here right now. This is Johnny. <laughs> is that the thing you were going to reference? When he pretended to be possessed. And I was like, Johnny, can Brett come back? <laughs> yep, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean I know your family too well? Yes. Exactly <laughs> what that means. So I, the note I wrote was such a big brother thing. <laughs> so then they find out the filmmaker, Lawrence Woolsey, Larry, is coming in person. To, yes. Okay, there's, it, this is set in Key West. They are in Key West, Florida. He's coming to Key West to their very theater to premiere his movie. Pretty yeah. cool. You know, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think that it's fun that like in the advertising for the film Mant, the tagline for it is only screams can describe it. Like, that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So Gene and his brother Dennis are walking home and they're walking to a Navy base. So you find out their dad's in the Navy. Yeah. Dennis is like, that's not real, right? That's not like a real thing. And he's talking about, well, yeah, you know, that happened. Some miners got stuck down in with a giant something and he's like, and the clicking almost drove him insane. All I know is, I can't remember exactly the conversation, but I remember him saying, revenge, that's what insects like. And I had another flashback <laughs> to my childhood. Mm. I know, listen, I know that ticks are not going down into pipes, sewer pipes, and having babies and going to come after me. But why would I take that chance? <laughs> Honestly. Right. They pulled a tick off me once. And when I told my brother about it, he said, you know, it's just going to go down into the toilet in those pipes and have babies and they're all coming back for you. I know it's not a real thing. <laughs> I know it's an irrational fear. It doesn't God, make I any hate easier, though. I, mm, I, still, mm, I still have a problem with that one. 
I still believe in <laughs> bug revenge, honestly. I do. That's why I don't kill bugs. If I mm. can help it. Well, sometimes if they're if it's a direct attack upon my person, yes, I will kill you. Yes. But mosquitoes still, every time. Get them dead. I still feel like your family like knows hive mind that you've been killed and like you your face is an image that they can see. I'm revealing too much about myself right now. Um <laughs> that like somehow they can see the last image of their dying bug brethren. And so they're all coming for me because I killed it. <laughs> okay. It's a legit fear of mine. Okay. I'm not afraid of like ghosts and shit, but vengeful bugs, yes. I am afraid <laughs> of them. <laughs> so they finally get home after turning down this other Navy brat. I'm going to use that term because this kid is full on in like yeah, an old fashioned Navy that. uniform. He's into it. And they seem kind of like reluctant Navy kids. <laughs> <laughs> After he, you know, invites them to go shoot tree frogs. And they just, you know. Mm, and they're like, today. Mm, that ain't me. Yeah. So they go home and I had to ask, okay, I watched this with my mom because she used to watch this with us when we were kids. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I told her what we were doing. She's like, I haven't seen that in forever. I said, okay, watch it with me. So we're watching it and she had to identify who was on TV that the kids were watching. This is set in 1962. That is such a smart idea to have your mother with you to identify people on TV. Because the only one I recognized was JFK. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just recognize him by the voice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure our history teachers would be swearing right now. Well, I mean, this was just a this was a TV personality. Art Linklater is what mom said it was. Yeah, but later on in the movie, there's some UN guy. Wow. Well, don't, I don't know if we should know him. I mean, there were lots of people in the UN. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> I'll take that. I think, <laughs> I think if we did not recognize JFK, fire all our old history teachers. But you know what? Don't. Because none of them actually taught me about JFK. I learned about JFK on my own once I was homeschooled. We never got to, like, modern history. I did at some point. I just don't remember when. It was probably... probably yeah. That's, probably that's when later. I got to it. I was just homeschooled by that point right don't be talking about how you're homeschooled but yeah people are gonna think you're a weirdo because that's the thing that's gonna make people think i'm a weirdo yeah Aren't that's the weirdo? one we are the weirdos mister good one <laughs> thanks <Excellent. laughs> they're remaking I'm not not remaking it i guess but they're making a new the craft yeah like 14 year olds or something they look like babies they really do but in the 90s, they really aged up high schoolers. Yeah. Apparently, they're not doing that anymore. Yeah, I think they're trying to stay more true to age these days. Ugh. Whatever. Whatever, dude. I really did get, like, a complex whenever I was in high school, and I still had the face of a 12-year-old. So, <laughs> And you looked at all these movies, and everybody looked like grown-ass adults because they were. Because <laughs> they were. Yeah. Okay, so Art Linklater's on TV, and that's what the little boy's watching, and Gene's talking to his mom about being angsty, about moving around all the time with dad in the Navy, and then they're making some kind of casserole, and they are putting cheese slices on top of it, and I was just kind of, I don't want to say I was, yeah, I don't want to say I was triggered, but I was a little triggered, like, uh, what? (laughs) What are we putting these cheese slices on? Cheese slices go on grilled cheese. Back in the day, though, cheese slices were more popular than what they are now. I feel like Maybe. I could be lying. Maybe shredded cheese, like probably packaged shredded cheese was definitely not a thing. I guess it was just taking the place of what we would now use as like shredded cheese. Could have shredded their own cheese. That was a thing. Anyway, 
they find out dad's been shipped out. They mm-hmm. don't know why yet. It was a secret. Mom didn't even get to know. Kids out here watching Art Link later, and all of a sudden it's interrupted by a presidential address. And it's John F. Kennedy announcing the Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, not like announcing the whole thing, but it's what later became known as the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes. Which, I sent you this in a text message earlier, but I'm going to mention it here too because I thought that it was pretty cool. Yes. That the Cuban Missile Crisis, I did not learn until today, was also known as the October Crisis of 1962. And we're covering this in an October episode of the podcast, which I thought was super cool. I think now we've kind of realized they're talking about how, I mean... If you're listening to this, you probably, I'm going to assume, you know, at least a little bit of something about the Cuban Missile Crisis. If you don't, um, go look it up. I <laughs> had to give myself a refresher. Yeah. Not even I a lie. Because I knew bit. that it was a thing, but I didn't know exactly. Yes. Apparently, the Soviets had, like, stored their missiles in Cuba. And so, the Cuban Missile Crisis was just the United States pretty much blockading the missiles into Cuba. Right? Yeah. The possibility of long-range nuclear weapons that could hit anywhere in the southeast United States. So Key West, being where it was, was especially on alert. Being the most southeast, I'm pretty sure that you could get in the United States. Closer to Cuba than just about anything else in the, the continental U.S. Yeah. Yeah, let's not focus on this too much and our lack of knowledge on it. Mm. So this this was um, something I made a note of. It's I wrote, Dad's been shipped out to or near Cuba. And I wrote, uh, once again, man is the real monster or the real terror. Anyway, that was just me being stupid. I also made a note in here about the whole Key West and Cuba thing. Mm-hmm. Is that Key West is only 90 miles from Cuba. Yes. Very much within range of long distance nuclear weapons. <laughs> yeah. They could hit Key West pretty easily. They didn't mean to say it like that when they said it. So fast forward a little bit to... Later that night when they're going to bed and Dennis is really scared about his dad and about the Russians and what they're going to do to dad and Cuba and all this. And um, he asked for Gene to turn on the radio for him. And I was young. Don't hold this against me. All I knew was that when he turned on the radio, first he turned off the news talking about the Cuban things. Yes. And then the Lion King song came on. Yeah. Yeah. In the jungle, the mighty jungle. Yes, that was the Timon and Pumbaa song to me. We I didn't know. almost got to my part. Did it just fine on your own? <laughs> but yes, that was that was the Lion King song. I was young. No, I was watching this and I was like, man, people actually just listen to this without it being referenced to the Lion King. I'm going to go ahead and say this song, if you like some kind of classic 60s jams, pretty good soundtrack. Yeah. Not bad. So then, you know, you fade out of there and you meet Larry and his partner, whose name I did not know until I watched this. Her name is Ruth Corday. Also a, re- uh, a reference to an older actress who I don't remember now because I didn't pay that much attention to the trivia. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Anyway. When watching this, Miss Ruth Corday... I saw her and I heard her voice and I was like, oh my gosh, that's Kerrigan from Casper. That's all that I know her from. Also, she was, I don't remember her name, but one of Wendy's aunts in Casper Meets Wendy. Yes. Also, I'm sure she's been in a lot of other things besides I'm Casper. Probably a lot more, a lot more things and also probably a lot more credible things. But at the same time, this is what we know her from. 
Yes, Casper oh, and Casper meets Wendy. But I'm Wendy. a cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. She was one of the counselors, wasn't she? She was the head lady. She was Mary Brown. She was running the shit. I did not do my research. <laughs> we see Larry and we find out her name is Ruth. We don't find out her name is Ruth right now, but she is. She's Ruth. Yeah. They're at a gas station down in Florida because there's a, an alligator and he's trying to make up a new name. Manigator. Alaman. Galligator. <laughs> she gator. Gator gal. Gator <laughs> gal. Saying like, is this the right time to do this with everything going on with Cuba and everything? He's like, this is the perfect time. It's adding to the terror. Yeah. And he's not like, wrong. I mean. He's like, this will spook them into coming. Yeah. So they're getting their gas and having their little talk and they get ready to go. And the gas station attendant says, hey, aren't you that fella makes some scary movies? He's like, well, yes, I am. Hey, can I get your autograph? Sure. And he goes to write it down. He says, oh, thank you, Mr. Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he just like, he just looks at the kid and he's like, huh. Scratches out his name, I suppose, and then starts yeah. writing Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. At least he didn't try to, like, humiliate the kid. Ah, never! And Alfred Hitchcock made much better movies, I'm sure. Anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> you trying to say that Larry Woosley is not as good as Alfred Hitchcock? That is what I'm saying, yes. <laughs> just clarifying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Then we're at high school and um, Gene's off by himself reading his little monster magazines and a Navy brat kid who is trying to impress the other kids that his dad is in the Navy and might know some stuff. And they're like, where's your dad work? Where is he doing the Navy? He's motor pool. Hey, they still hear stuff here. They still hear stuff, though. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, we're invading Cuba on tanks. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's like, OK, I'm going to go and introduce them to Gene. Like, hey, his dad's really in it. Tell right. him about your dad. He's like, well, I can't tell him much, man. I don't, we don't really even know anything. And he's like, I don't even know anything. I can't tell them. Yeah. But they think he's cool because, you know, whatever. And then you find out these these teenage boys are sex obsessed because, of course, they are. And then you switch to a nutrition class with some old-fashioned nutrition ideas. <laughs> For, to say the least. Your red meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm. <laughs> Pork Every sausage meal. and bacon in the morning and a, a pork chop or something at lunch. And then also for dinner, I was like, my dude, you're <laughs> the reason these boomers are having these problems. <laughs> <laughs> and then the air raid siren goes off. Mm -hmm. So they go out into the hall and do the air raid drill, which <laughs> another flashback. This was our um, uh, tornado drills. <laughs> yes. When you go out into the hall and you we had to face the wall. They didn't. They were facing mm -hmm. the hall. Um, and you got down on your knees and hunched over and put your arms over your head. I hated those things. I hated them so they much. They were the I worst. Like, kid, I couldn't kneel all the way down. And if I did, I was suffocating. I hated mm. those things. And then there's one girl who is refusing to do the air raid drill. She says it doesn't do any good. And she's trying to like speak the truth about all this shit and how it's not going to help. And Navy Brat's like, oh, she's a communist. Because of course. Yeah. And they said, okay, we've had enough of you. You're going to the principal's office. And she says, but then I won't have the protection of being on the floor when the bomb falls. <laughs> and then she has a great line where she says, they don't tell you the truth. They tell you to put your hands behind your neck, but then they keep building bombs. Right. I mean, she's not wrong. Not at all. Were she here now, she'd be what we might call woke. Yeah, I, I wrote that in my notes later on. I mean, at this point, you know, I knew it pretty well. But later on in the movie, especially, I was like, this girl is woke. 
<laughs> she was, yeah, she proved herself. It's pretty woke. Mm. So moving on at lunchtime, the the guys invite Jean to sit with them. So Navy Brat can't. It's obviously, they don't like this guy. <laughs> they phased him out real quick. Oh yeah, they're talking about going to see the movie Saturday. Went Mant. This is Gene's favorite subject. He loves monster movies, horror movies, sci-fi, whatever. And mm. so he's like, oh, yeah, he's got a new process. He's coming this Saturday. It's going to be great. And they're talking about feeling girls up with their elbows. <laughs> it, elbows doesn't count. Totally counts. <laughs> what are their rules? <laughs> so then Omri Katz, the Hocus Pocus kid, his name is yes. Stan. He kind of hones in on Gene and it's like, okay, hey, let's talk. You need to get a date for Saturday. I want to get a date. And then all of a sudden he's like tongue tied when we meet Sherry, Stan's love interest. Mm-hmm. Who I don't know what else she's been in, but she's on Hallmark stuff now. I know that she, much. She's another one that like I recognize, but I can't mm-hmm. pinpoint. Yeah. Her voice is very recognizable, but I don't know why exactly. Yeah, I never looked into it. Once again, that's my fault. Also, well, though, whenever Gene and Stan were standing by the lockers. Kelly Martin is the actress's name. Yes, I'm sorry. And Stan was talking about how Key West is the makeout capital of the world. He's like, even the grownups like doing it. Like, come on. Tiffany. <sighs> she was in one of your favorite movies. But she was a voice. She was a voice? Mm-hmm. Is that? I told you I know her voice especially. <laughs> Was she in a Goofy movie? Yes, she was. Was she Roxanne? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Why, yes. Yes, she was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I told you. (laughs) Okay. Sherry just, like, knocks Stan on his butt and he's useless after that. Yeah, and he talks about how her ex-boyfriend, how he was, like... This bad guy. He was like the bad boy. But how he's in juvie now. So they're going to stands after school. Listening to some records. I didn't see what it was. But obviously it was something they knew they were not supposed to be listening to. Because it did mention the words tits and ass. The whole thing was just tits and ass. It was like a comedy skit. That's and tits and tits and ass. And I, I don't know what it was. But that's what it, that's what it said. And his mom comes home and they panic. And she's like, oh, all this stuff's going on. They've blocked this off. This is going on. They're like, okay, cool. Let's go see. I have to say, I was watching this with my mom. Stan's mom walks in and says, hi, Jean. And she goes, hi, Jean. <laughs> that was the whole joke. But it was I, it, I had to stop for a second and just look at her. And she was so proud of herself. Just <laughs> Comedic genius. I didn't even pick that up. Hold on. But before you carry on with this, okay, I'm going to go back to Against the Lockers. Oh, okay. Where one of my favorite quotes is. Okay. Okay. Whenever Stan is trying to tell Gene that he needs to get a date, Gene is very uncomfortable with the idea of getting a date. He's like, I don't even know anybody here because he's a new kid. I don't know anybody. And Stan is like, it's not hard. All you have to do is walk up to him and tell him, I'm taking you to a monster movie. Don't worry about the monster getting you. Worry about me. Don't be late or I won't get milk duds. It's like, bro. (laughs) Bro, like, obviously knows nothing about the ladies. pretty gross, yeah. I'm going to go with gross. I, I just had to put that oh, out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, good. Okay, so after hygiene, Stan's mom's <laughs> like, all right, you be careful. And if you see a flash, just put your jacket over your head. Because that'll, that'll, that'll be good. And don't yeah. look at the flash, which is the atomic bomb. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're out there wandering. She also tells them to stay 17 minutes within the house. I think that might be like or set- all out time or something. I don't know. I tried Googling it. I was completely unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that was one of my things that was left unanswered to me. Hey, if if, if anybody knows the answers to any of our unanswered questions, uh, shoot us an email at theobservationbubble at gmail.com. We'd love to hear how ignorant we are about this and want to hear from you. So thank you. Nice plug. <laughs> so out there wandering around, there's military all over the beach, and Gene knows what everything is. And it's like, hey, this is that. This is a mobile radar unit something. And Stan's just like, it's where I got on top of this girl last year. <sighs> That's where I felt up this chick. Great, my dude. <laughs> then we go to a grocery store and oh go- oh my gosh shades of first covid wave yes initial quarantine they're at the grocery store and they say oh it's a riot it looks like one lady was in the front of it yeah. grabbing the tp and i was like mm, yep looks right <laughs> there it is <laughs> and then there's these two men fighting over the last box of shredded wheat out of everything i was like i would shredded wheat. would never fight over shredded wheat if there were other options at least Like, is there more in the back? There's no shredded wheat in the back. There's no shredded wheat in the entire keys. And one of you is going to have to go through the atomic destruction with no damn shredded wheat. (laughs) He had had enough. What was he, a manager? I think so. Yeah, that grocery store manager had had all he could take. I mean, they were about to come to blows over it. Over shredded fucking wheat. Yeah. Gene gets back home and Dennis is apparently just watching the UN. Just (laughs) hanging out watching the UN eating a bowl of cereal or something. What is he, like seven? That's a thing kids watch. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess there were a lot less options back then. Oh, yeah. The old Jeff Foxworthy joke. The president's on every channel. We're gonna <laughs> miss Flipper. <laughs> wow, that's one I had forgotten about. <laughs> I never forget. I never forget that <laughs> that joke. I never forget. I forget a lot of things, but not that joke. Somebody on in the UN says, I'm prepared to wait until hell freezes over. And Dennis says, oh, they said hell. And Gene says, oh, it's okay. It's a crisis. Mom wants to take... Oh, was that Jean who said it? Yeah. I legitimately thought that it was Jean's mom who said it. Oh, no, no, no. But then she comes in. It's like, he's been watching this all day. Why don't you take him to a movie? Get him out of the house. Get him away from the UN. Yeah. But they don't want to go because it's some stupid movie and not a monster movie. She's like, well, you can see something without monsters. And Dennis says, what? No monsters? Uh, yeah. And he goes, hell. <laughs> She's like, where did he get that? The UN. The UN's teaching him. Yeah. They're at the movies seeing the shook up shopping cart. Oh my gosh. This was the worst. The worst. So like an uncle gets cursed into being a shopping cart? Yeah, like they put a spell on him. The girl in the movie is someone, Naomi Watts. Oh. She is the shopping cart starlet is what she's <laughs> credited as. <laughs> it's my uncle. I told mom, okay, this feels like my mother the car. Did you ever see that? It was uh, um, no Jerry Van Dyke, I think. And I said, well, is this like that? How did the mother become the car? And this is my mother. She says, um, well, she was reincarnated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I once again had to pause and just look at her and just like, she's just so proud of herself. <laughs> she should be. She should be. I'm proud of her. I told you she's a treasure. <laughs> That's better than hygiene, at least. I, I give her that. She was, I thought hygiene was gold. <laughs> I like. I literally wrote it in my notes. How did she become a car anyway? My mother says she was reincarnated. <laughs> so back to back to matinee. The boys decide to cut out of the movie early because they don't want to know about the shook up shopping cart. I guess. Yeah. And then there's these two guys outside who are kind of like protesting the Mant movie. And about how it's 
corruptive to the kids and even the men down at the the Navy base when they should be protecting us or coming here to watch some lurid show. And then all of a sudden, here's Larry. Hey, 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 you're not being very fair to my movie. Yeah. So the citizens for decent entertainment were protesting. Yes. Mant. And And some of the bystanders who were contradicting their protest is a character's parents. Come to find out. Find that out. They seem to be very um, advocates of free speech and pretty woke themselves. So they're saying, you can't just say this. Have you even seen it? Blah, blah, blah. And Larry's like, no, no, no. Here. Here's some free passes. See for yourselves. And they're like, oh, yes, that's fair. And I'd be like, I think it's fair, too. I get free shit. Yeah, it's fair. Fair. Mm, Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. But Gene recognizes one of the dudes. And he gets home and looks at his monster movie magazines. He's like, oh, shit. That's this guy. He was in a movie. When I watched this when I was young, I didn't realize what a difference it made that he recognized this guy as an actor. Yeah. Really set something up there. It does. It set something up. We're going to get to the rest of the setup after what happens next in the movie. So Stan and Sherry are walking and talking and Sherry is really, really weirdly obsessed with her ex-boyfriend still. Yeah. And I find it especially upsetting since Stan is so into her Mm -hmm. and trying to be into Stan. But the whole time she's just talking about her ex. Yeah. And it's especially upsetting. And all the things they did for her womanly body. Yeah. Like he apparently like taught her things about herself and her body and how to be a woman or something. And I'm like, puke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Going along with last week's discussion of aging up children. Yeah. No, 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 no. But at the same time, I mean, like if you were to watch Happy Days now, you would see a whole bunch of a whole lot more innuendo than whatever I did whenever I was a kid. So maybe it's just like a thing that's always been around and I'm just unsettled by it. As I become an adult, I become an adult. I'm 30 fucking one. (laughs) As I reluctantly accept my adulthood and look back at all the things from my childhood, I'm like, holy shit. Y'all are lucky I was a stupid kid. <laughs> or a, like, maybe a, I an innocent kid, I guess. Yeah, like, I was a really good kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, looking back at shit. I knew, I, I was not picking things up. Yeah, okay, so Sherry, Sherry and Stan are walking, and she's talking about her ex, and talking about him in, like, a, a gross way to this new guy that she likes. Is that supposed to entice him? Because it definitely does not. No. Like, just the faces he's given her is just like... He's like, what she's like, my body, my desires, being a woman. He's like, I'm not ready for this. I'm just talking about touching girls' boobs with my elbows. I'm not ready for this. (laughs) This is too much. I got to walk away. And then you see a guy watching them. And based on the music in the background, you can kind of infer that this is her ex-boyfriend, Harvey Starkweather. Yes. They get up to the school, and he's talking about wanting to take her to the monster movie on Saturday. She's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great, but I want to go see Coral. He's like, okay. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. But I just noticed this note from whenever Sherry is talking to Stan. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that she says, okay, so, like, we've talked about the fact that she really oversells her ex to this new guy of interest. Mm -hmm. If this statement does not really sell you that i mean i nothing will okay (laughs) one of the things that she tells stan is this writer in new york that harvey sent his poems to said that harvey was an example of a complete primitive i could have told him that like the look on her face (laughs) 
<laughs> everything about this was like just the, what <laughs> there were like wiggle eyebrows in her tone yeah <laughs> and i hated it <laughs> yeah gross yeah and then they just immediately go back and talking about missiles they're in school and Jean runs into the protest girl coming out of the office her name is i don't think we learn her name right now no but her name is sandra yeah it's like, like just sandra. later on in the movie Jean and her run across each other and he's like hey sandra like you were never formally introduced to her that we saw not that we know we didn't see it so yeah. it didn't happen because we didn't see it right obviously that's how these things work they start talking about all kinds of stuff and she's just delivering this woke speech mm-hmm. which i'm like go for it and okay. I, I love she's like detention for a week and he's like oh man she's like no they put gandhi away for a year he's like oh i'm new here i don't know many people yeah and she's like ugh, whatever expand your mind man <laughs> for real um so i wrote they talked about segregation russians the navy and gene's dad because he's in the navy because <laughs> yeah. she's not speaking highly of the navy and he's like and yeah, my dad's in the navy oh i'm sure he's fine yeah she just like <laughs> kind of backtracks a little whoops <laughs> i'm sure he's great and then we go back to outside and stan's walking and harvey stops him and threatens him with bad poetry and a knife um <laughs> To stay away from Sherry. Because, okay, whoever this writer was in New York that wanted Harvey's poetry, like, must have been trolling him or something. <laughs> Maybe not back then, but it, it's not good poetry. It is not. Jean's gone to Larry and like, hey, you know, I recognize that guy out there who was protesting your movie. Yeah, he was in this movie I saw. Oh, well, you know, he turned on me. And he just, like, looked at him and he's like, okay, fine, he didn't turn on me, whatever. Yeah. That he used to be a shakedown artist and came to Larry because he owed money once. And he's like, how would you like to be an actor? And it's been with him ever since. Yeah, pretty much just re-jump started his career. Yeah. And then the other guy was on the blacklist. And I was like, okay, we're just dropping history stuff here. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So basically, Gene extorts his way into helping Larry. He's like, well, what do you want? You want free passes? He's like, I've already got free passes. What do you want then? He's like, I want to help. Right. Okay. He's- yeah, completely took him off guard. Just like, oh, oh. Well, yeah, that's right. that's fine. Okay, cool. Also, can I just say mm-hmm. that Harvey looks really fucking old. Yeah. Like, he is obviously not the same age as these kids, and he's been messing around with Sherry. I mean, of the, four, of the four uh, main, like, high school kids that we interact with in this movie, Sherry looks the oldest, but she still looks young. Yeah. I know that's just because of the actress. It's not because of the she's she's still a child. So <laughs> teenager, same thing. There's like a scene where Harvey is drinking, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure because I don't remember whenever laws changed. But whenever it changed from being 18 to 21, either way, he's at a bar drinking, so he has to at least be 18. Yeah, unless he's got a fake ID. It changed in 1984. Okay. So in 1962, the legal drinking age was still 18. So he is at least 18. They're in the theater and they are rigging the seats to shock people. And that's part of his atomovision, his um, process. He's uh, planning all these extra things to enhance the movie. Is it shocking people or is it just the vibration? No, the things in the theater to shock them. Oh, because he says something about it being a heavy vibration. Yeah, they have that too. They're vibrating like the theater somehow. But there are shockers, like the little hand shockers when you shake somebody's hand. It's like that. They are in the seats. (laughs) 
to shock your little keister there. Mm. And so the theater manager shows up and he's like, he seems a little neurotic. He's also a panicking little? about Cuba listening to the radio constantly in case they hear news of missiles being launched or the bomb falling. Yeah, like he's got this little pocket radio and he carries it with him everywhere and he's just constantly on edge. Yeah, and he's also panicking about everything that Larry's doing for the movie and showing the movie during this crisis. And they're like, oh, it's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Gene and Larry are walking to the hardware store to get some stuff. And they're having this little kind of heart-to-heart moment. And Gene tells him that he feels like the actors in scary movies are his friends. Because he moves around a lot and doesn't make a lot of friends mm-hmm. with the Navy, you know. Larry had a whole big talk here. And I did not take a lot of notes about it. Um, but he talks about the benefits of scary movies. And how you need to keep your eyes open. And yeah. watch the scary parts. Because it makes you feel alive when yes. you've survived that. He talks about the first cave paintings for the first monster movie. He's like, people are going to come see this. We got to make the horns real big and the animal real scary. And yeah, just like exaggerate it. Yeah, people are coming to see it. So that was the first monster movie. We officially meet Larry's partner, Ruth Corday. We learn her name here. Gene picks up a live electric cord and then he's like, hey, you know, be careful. And he's like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> and that's, that's the end of that. I think I've made a big enough fool of myself right here at this moment. I'm going to go ahead and peace out. Yeah, but he and Larry have like bonded now. So that's what we needed. Stan calls Sherry to break their date. And she's kind of sad, but he gave her a good reason that they were going to go sandbag the all-purpose room. Um, (laughs) Sandbag the all-purpose room? Yeah, it's (laughs) south-facing. Legit. (laughs) And then her little brother comes in. He's found where she wrote letters or received letters from Harvey while he was in the detention center or in jail. And he, he said, you know, you weren't supposed to write to him while he was in jail, but these are pretty dirty. <laughs> and he's like, if you don't take me to see the monster movie on Saturday, I'm showing them to mom. She's like, you can't like blackmail me. He's like, fine, I'll just go show her. Okay, 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 fine. We'll yeah. go. And he holds on to one. He said, this one's really hot. Better <laughs> hold on to it. it is that she's being, like, really gentle with him mm-hmm. whenever he is obviously, like, really young. Yeah. I'm an only child, okay? But I feel like if I ha- if I were an older sibling and a little sibling came up to me with something like that, I'd be like, bitch, and grab it and be like, get out of my room. Yeah, but Maybe you can't leave marks on him. Well, no. That's why you have to be gentle sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave visible marks. And also, the younger sibling will go tell their parents. Yeah. And even though they were trying to blackmail you, you will then get in trouble. (laughs) But still, where's the proof? Doesn't matter. They believe the younger sibling. That's how it goes. (laughs) Maybe I'm only speaking from my own personal experience. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then we cut to just this random bar. Harvey's there, I guess, just drinking and being Harvey. And he comes upon the two movie protester guys. Who we know are not actually protesting the movie. They work for Larry. Yeah, it was definitely a PR stunt. They're doing their spiel saying, hey, this horrible movie's coming. We should go. Don't go to it and tell your friends and neighbors. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks. And he tries to rob them quite poorly. <laughs> yeah. Considering the fact that in a couple moments there, they shake him down in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, that's what they do, my dude. Read the room. Learn to read yeah. your marks. Quite frankly. Can't con a con, man, my bro. Yeah. And they threaten him and tell him to get a real job. 
So then at the theater, we're back with Larry and he's going through the dress, kind of a dress rehearsal with all the theater staff of how they're going to put everything together and run the movie. And then Harvey comes and applies for the job as the live mant in a rubber suit. And he works all the special effects and everything. Yeah. Larry gives a whole huge speech. Ruth is unimpressed. AF. And then he starts to give the speech to Harvey all over again. And she's like, this is where I came in. <laughs> I love Kathy Moriarty and her voice. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Talking about smoking, she sounds like she smoked three packs a day since she was eight years old. But I love it. It's nice. It's a it's a nice smoker voice. <laughs> I've yes. heard some not so nice ones and hers is a nice one. So we cut to Gene. He wakes up and hears his dad come home. Here's his mom talking to his dad and all of a sudden he's home. He goes out his bedroom door to go see him and it's empty. He goes and opens the front door and he sees the atomic bomb. He sees the mushroom cloud. Mm -hmm. Mushroom cloud. Houses explode. Big flash. And then he actually wakes up. Yeah. And he leaves his room and he goes out and mom's watching old home movies. And it's the first time you really see the vulnerability of mom and how she's really scared for dad. And then she's mm -hmm. shaken up too. It's the first crack in mom's shield for them. Yeah. So then it's Saturday. The day. Mant. One day only. The theater has these huge ant legs over the top of the marquee and everything. There's a big long line outside, but we cut inside to the manager in his fallout shelter in the theater. Which is odd, but okay. Yeah, because I don't think he like owns it. I think he just, he works there. Yeah. He's just the manager there. But there's a fallout shelter there that apparently only is for him. Mm. He's like timing out his route to the shelter. <laughs> 17 seconds from here to here, 14 seconds from here to here. It's like how long it's going to take him to get from wherever he is in the building to the fallout shelter. Cut back outside the line. Stan's meeting up with friends. Well, here comes Sherry and her little brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, sandbagging the all-purpose room? Oh, Sherry, no, no. Whatever, Stan. She walks off and his friends are like, sandbagging the all-purpose room? Oh, come on. <laughs> I didn't think of a better lie than that. And then you still come out? Like, if you're lying about somebody about where you're going, stay home. And something. That's what I do, but that's, I just stay home anyway. But I mean, she was supposed to be at the coral thing. She's not going to see coral by herself. They go inside and everybody has to sign a release form with a, a nurse who is Ruth Corday. Yeah. Larry's partner. She's obviously a real nurse. Some kid walks up to her and says, nurse, I cut my elbow. She's like, that looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jean's just like, nah, we're not scared. And Dennis is like, uh-uh, nope, um, nope, totally not scared. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, he's, he's not really selling that very well. They've set this whole place up. Like, they've got art and everything. There's a hand in the middle of the lobby, like, coming out of an ant hill with live ants crawling all over it and blood and shit. And it's It's pretty weird. gnarly. Yeah. And that's where Jean sees Sandra. Yeah. They have themselves a little, oh, hi moment. And then you see Sandra's parents. The people who are out there counter-protesting, if mm. you will. They're like, the point is not if it's a good movie. The point is that we're allowed to have freedom of speech and all this. She's like, yeah, I get it, Dad. Although she calls <laughs> them by their first names. Yeah. We're pretty liberal folk, mm -hmm. you know? But at the yeah. same time, my kid will not call me Tiffany. Whenever she is playing with her dolls and she calls me Tiffany because she's talking through her doll, I say, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that I will let her get away with, but that is not one. I'll be damned if my child calls me by my first name. Well, you know, I guess it was a 
hippie dippy sixties things. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my other mom note. She says the girl Sandra looks like the guy from Arrested Development who was in love with Maybe. She says what she's saying is that Sandra looks like Michael Sarah. <laughs> what? I looked at her and I was like, oh, I hate it. It's true. You something think so? About, something about her face in the mo- in that moment in that movie kind of looks like Michael Sarah. I mean, maybe in the eyes a little. In that moment, she looked enough like him that I was like, oh God, mom, why are you right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my last mom note. That's pretty golden stuff, though. So Larry's given Harvey instructions on all the effects and things. And he asked the theater manager to be paid in cash, like up front. For both showings. Yeah, for both showings, up front. It's like, we've never shorted anyone. He said, really? You should learn how. <laughs> Meanwhile, the audience is out in the, the seats. They are running amok. Yes. Literally. Chanting, we want mint. We want mint. We want mint. And then the movie starts. And Sandra sits down with Gene and Dennis. Larry intros the movie on screen. And then the theater owner... I think Mr. Spectre comes and he's trying to see if this process is going to work and he wants to put it in a lot of his theaters and all this. So now we have the movie within the movie. We have yes. Mant. Yes. Which took up more time than what I thought that it would. But looking back on it, I'm not surprised that it did. Yeah. Since the whole movie is called Mant. No, it's not. It's called Matinee. <laughs> My brain. It's got the same letters in it. Plus some extra. <laughs> yeah. You can't spell matinee without mant. <laughs> you know what? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so in the movie, we start out in a dentist's office and we meet Bill and his wife, Carol. Bill's got like a sheet or something over his head and the dentist is there. Turns out Bill has been bitten by an ant while getting dental x-rays done. The thing about mant is everyone explains everything. The dentist, like, they'll say a word and then explain it. Yeah. I didn't write down what the dentist says, but then the expert later on says something. With the dentist, okay, the reason why the ant was in there in the first place was because the dentist has been too busy to have the fumigation. Like, yeah. motherfucker, this is your place of business. You should make the time for the fumigation or else other people are going to be bitten by radioactive ants because of your stupid x-ray. Yeah. And then also, wrong. like, the dentist... He, like, has this whole, like, pull-down thing of neurons and shit going on. Like, you're a fucking dentist, bro. Like, like, that's not, that is not within your realm of criteria, but yet he knows everything about it. But yes, like you were saying, though, there are certain things where they say something, and then, I don't know if it's because they're talking to a woman, so they over-explain it. I never even thought of that. In my mind. In my that. mind, that's what they're doing. Because they're only ever doing it whenever they talk to her. Yeah. Carol is played by Ruth Corday, Larry's partner. Also a nurse. <laughs> or playing a nurse. So after they talk about how all this has happened, they pull the sheet off Bill's head. And he has a giant ant head. For a head. <laughs> like the rest of him yeah. is regular dude. But then giant ant head. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the whole time that they're at the dentist's office... Apparently, it was just alluding to whenever an actual physician would come in instead of a dentist, like a, a general physician or like a specialist. Yeah, he's a in. specialist from the Atomic Bureau investigation, something. 
everybody <gasps> when they see the ant head. Stan shows up where Gene and Dennis and Sandra are sitting and tells him all his woes of Sherry and how Harvey warned him off and now Sherry's mad at him and can I sit with you all? And yes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Back into the movie. On the bright side, Bill has no cavities. <laughs> this uh, doctor from the uh, the specialist from the Office of Unforeseen Atomic Events in Washington mm. is this other doctor. And he tells Bill, you'll continue to metamorphose or change, <laughs> taking on a more ant-like characteristics, and you'll grow. The dentist, he says, I'm sorry, Bill. Sorry? You think this is some kind of picnic for me? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Ants? Picnic? It's funny! <laughs> But it's just funny because whenever the specialist is talking to him, he's like, you'll just continue to grow and grow. Like, that sucks. Yeah. So the next time you see Bill, he's got like a tail kind of thing. Yeah. Definitely has some hip pads. (laughs) Some pincher hands. I am pinching into the mic with my hand. Mm. And there's an ant farm. Like, why do they just have an ant farm in their home? That's (laughs) sus. I wondered the same thing. Like, I thought that was only for young kids, not grown-ass adults. Yeah. This is oh, in a magnified or, or larger form. Everything. They have to, like, explain. <laughs> I don't understand. He breaks the ant farm and he says, Behold, the great emancipator. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. 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 And okay. Maybe I read too much into this, but the name of the dentist is Dr. Grabau. And she says, I'm going to call Dr. Grabau. And Bill's like, no, Carol, I can't let you do that. And he pinches her butt and they seat buzz everyone. His name is Grabau. And Bill grabs her and everyone says, ow. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Look at you. I might have have given that too much credit. No, you're (laughs) connecting dots. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And so then, okay, we're still in the movie. Bill's been locked up. He's in a jail cell, an electrified jail cell. And she says, oh, Bill, if you could just listen to the man in you and put the insect aside. He says, insecticide? Where? (laughs) She's like, no, no, no. Not that. Not that. So then the dentist is there for some reason and says, he doesn't belong in prison. He belongs in a hospital. Well, where would you have me send him? A funny farm or an ant farm? Not cool, dude. (laughs) And Bill hated that. He like hissed at him or clicked at him. (laughs) And then all of a sudden the dentist is like, how could you not love me now that I'm the only real man in your life? And I was like, wait, she didn't have anybody else besides you? Right. And not just that, but like how deep did their relationship really go? Mm -mm. Did she know him outside of being her dentist or her dude's dentist? Right. So this pisses Bill off. He grabs the electric bars. They said electricity plus atomic energy means he'll grow in an accelerated or speeded up rate. <laughs> and then they have sparks in the theater. That's part of Atomovision because it's sparking yes. in the movie. So it's sparking in the theater. Mm-hmm. And then Bill, once he's broken out, bites the dentist's neck. And then off screen, they're all like watching their eyes go up to the ceiling. Bill grows through the roof. Suddenly, he's full ant Godzilla size ant. He is beyond mant. Yeah. He's gant. (laughs) Very good. Very good. I like that. Uh, 
and uh, they've got Rumble Rama going. So as he breaks through the roof, the whole place is vibrating and rumbling and oh, scary, scary. The manager's watching the news from his office, not his fallout shelter. That's just uh, just keep that in mind. He has also stopped people from going into the balcony. That's because yes. it was full. It was at max capacity. So he chained it off. Yeah, he did. And he told people actively, like they were trying to, he's like, I'm sorry, that's all it can safely hold and told them to go away yeah. or to go sit down front. They had to go sit in the front. Go away. <laughs> that's what I'd have done. Be like, fuck off. No, we're full. <laughs> fuck off. I didn't pay for tickets anyway, you lousy kids. Go. Get out. <laughs> that's probably why they had, they were so over capacity. Because there was people like sitting on the floor. Larry was giving out free passes. Yeah. Probably not taking into account, keeping in mind how many he gave out. Yeah, because they had said that 500 people can sit in the main area and then 100 people can fit in the balcony. At one point, Larry was like, oh, that's all? So it's like, how many fucking tickets did you give out, bro? Yeah. Like, I know they're (laughs) going to have two showings, but still. So then Jean runs into Sherry at the concession stand and talks to her about Stan. That Stan canceled with her, but didn't give her the real reason. That the real reason he was there was because he didn't want Dennis to be scared. Because Dennis looks at him like an uncle. And she's like, of your brother? <laughs> he's like, well, yeah. And then he kind of calms him down. And I love there's this moment. She's like, well, that was very sweet of him thinking about a little boy. And her little brother comes up and says, well, we're missing it. She's like, go away. Yeah. And immediately he's like, I'm telling. I'm going back to the very beginning of this movie. Okay. Back whenever Larry and Ruth, they were on their way to the Keys. They were at that gas station. Mm-hmm. And he told the kid who was working to clean the bugs off of his windshield because he hates bugs. And yet here he is making movies about giant bugs. I just found that ironic. It is. And I forgot about it at the time. Because the giant bugs ultimately have to be killed. So he hates them and he kills them off. I guess. <laughs> so then she's told her little brother to go away. And she's listening to Gene and she's like, oh, that story, that, that is moving. He's just like smirking like, yeah, I know. Like, I came up with that. He's like, damn, I did good. <laughs> yeah. So then we're back into the movie within the movie. <laughs> there is a full on giant ant climbing up the side of a building. Yeah. And the military's there. And he says, what in tarnation do you call that thing? And Carol says, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> But he's like, Bill, come down. We've got sugar for you. And they have a giant ass bag of just sugar. It's like a fucking 30 pound bag of sugar. (laughs) Come on down. We got sugar. (laughs) They're shooting at him. And Harvey turns Rumble Rama all the way up, like to the red zone. Yeah. Um, Because he wasn't supposed to go past six. Right. And he's on 11. He turned everything all the way up to 11. The whole building is shaking. The manager feels it and he's like, oh shit, this is it. He drops his radio and his fish tank. The TV goes out so he can't see what news is happening. So he knows this is the this is the real thing. This is happening. Mm-hmm. The bombs are falling. So he's running, grabs yeah. his fishbowl, runs for the fallout shelter. And he's yelling, this is it. Yeah, he gets to the fallout shelter, puts his fish down and he's like, fish food. <laughs> and runs back out. I have to feed the fish in the fallout. Okay, so Sherry's gone to Stan, and she's like, oh, Gene told me everything. Let's make out. And they do. Manager's in his fallout shelter doing a zero-hour checklist, realizes he forgot to fish food, runs back out. Then we're back into the movie. This is, I'm like, I know this is choppy, but this is how it's going. Yeah. 
we are back into the movie within the movie. Bill is off the building because like, he's heading for that movie theater. Bill, the ant, Mant, tears through the screen. And the way they made this interactive was they broke the fourth wall. People in the theater on the screen were looking it's like, oh, what is that thing? And then they have Harvey in the Mant suit walking around the theater. They're like, oh my gosh, look out behind you. He's going to grab somebody. No, not him. Harvey in the Mant suit sees Sherry and Stan making out like so bad that Sherry is dumping her popcorn. That makes him go, oh, no. <laughs> like, like he has a moment like, huh? <laughs> so harvey grabs stan up and just starts pummeling him larry's like oh shit no he wasn't supposed to do that you're supposed to grab a kid not supposed to hit him so he comes down the aisle it's like hey you're just supposed to grab somebody you stupid hick stan runs away harvey runs after stan gene sherry and sandra run after stan and harvey Larry picks himself back up and is just like, it's great. No, the audience is all clapping. He's just laughing it off. And he goes yeah, back the, to- the alleged owner of the movie theater is just like fucking eating it up. He's like, this man is a genius. <laughs> he's like, he's bringing back the showmanship. And Ruth's back there still dressed as the nurse. And she's like, I'm not going with him, Larry. I'm not. He's not touching me, Larry. He's like, okay, 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 okay. So there's something planned there later too. That's why she's dressed as a nurse, obviously. And everything that they're shrieking on screen about the Mant is matching up really well to what's happening with Harvey and Stan and Larry. It's like, he's going outside! And they run out. He's like, oh, what was it? And it's just, I don't know, it was a great moment. Was, everything was really matching up. Stan runs off and finds the open fallout shelter and finds the manager's shotgun. shotgun. Yeah. So when Harvey comes around the corner, here's Stan, like, he's like, no, 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 don't shoot, and runs away. Like, okay, that was easy. Anticlimactic. That's yeah. what that was. Yeah. Then Gene, Sherry, Sandra, there are a lot of S's in this friend group. It's really hard for me to say. <laughs> Gene, <sighs> Sherry, and Sandra find Stan, like, oh my God, what's going on? He's like, oh, I scared him off with this. What is this place? Oh, it's a fallout shelter. We have one like this. Oh, this is cool. They start exploring. Sherry's whole thing is like, oh, there's no phone. And she's like, oh, oh. right. Yeah. Gene <laughs> finds the switch. He's like, oh, what's this do? Flips it. Huh, nothing. They don't see the door to the fallout shelter slowly closing behind them. So then manager comes up. Hey, no, no. Get out of here. The door's closing. Get out. Stan and Sherry manage to get out and Jean and Sandra don't. She's like, let me out. He's like, let me in. Like, you just should have just gotten in there, my dude. Just run, rush yeah. past him and pushed him out. So now they're locked in and they hear more of the rumble rama and they think the bombs dropped they're convinced that it is it since that's what the manager an adult was screaming and he was like yeah it's happening the bombs are falling get out it's time <laughs> so he's saying the bombs are falling get out and let me in here i don't care if you die <laughs> right i'm not though me and my fish are gonna live i got the food, I got the food and everything <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime dennis you know everybody ran away from him he's there by himself goes and calls his mom I guess she says she's coming. He go he runs up to the balcony because he saw other kids running up there because someone has taken down the chain that was meant to stop them. You're not supposed to take down the chain. I know no, it's, it's taken down for a reason. Maybe somebody had to go pee and they took it down and then did not replace it whenever they came back up. Sure. We'll give him we'll give him that. Yeah. We'll be nice about it. <laughs> so that's what they were doing. <laughs> then I wrote down manager freaking out assumes position. He's down on <laughs> 
<laughs> down on the ground with his hands behind his neck and his jacket over his head. Larry's like, no, no, no. It's not the Russians. It's Rumble Rama. The kid turned all my shit all the way up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, wait. I didn't set the airlock. This door yeah. won't open for a long time. Also, there's not going to be any oxygen in there. So, like, Sherry's like, there's no oxygen in there? He's like, there won't be for long. They're going to use it up fast. Mm. And Larry's like, okay, well, we'll open it. Go get some crowbars. He's like, no, you can't do that. I bought this. They said this door will not open for anything. He's like, man, I'm in the wrong business. Gene and Sandra are inside the fallout shelter, contemplating their repopulation of the earth. It took them all of five minutes of being stuck in a fucking fallout shelter to decide that they needed to repopulate the earth. If five it was five minutes. If that. Yeah. <laughs> like, they sat down on the cot and were like, well, guess it's up to us. This is our time. <laughs> She's like, well, that means and he's just like, oh, babies. Yep. You know, you're, you're not talking about the actual babies. You're talking about the making the babies, Gene. We know. We know. We know. And then I wrote, I, I thought, does Gene really think it was the bombs? Or does he kind of know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know it was Rumble Rama? But he sees an opening here. I don't think I don't I don't I, actually I don't, believe I don't see Gene as that type of guy. <laughs> I don't actually believe it because Gene is not like that. But I had to I had I had to put it out there. I had to think. Right. If this was Stan, maybe. If it was Harvey Starkweather, <laughs> definitely. For sure. But it wouldn't they, have even taken the bombs. They took no time, like, well, we're gonna have to have sex. And then they just start like making out. Eating each other's face. Yeah. They're just going to start practicing. When I was a kid, I thought, I was like, oh my gosh, they're kissing. Oh, I shouldn't be watching this. I was really young when I first saw this. Apparently, I didn't see anything else that had that much kissing in it, I guess. I don't I don't think that's true. But somehow, this movie was like, that moment, I was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? My eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Mom shows up at the theater and finds Dennis and then stands running back from the hardware store and he's explaining what's going on. And Sandra's parents have exited the theater and overhear her name. They're like, Sandra, my Sandra? My Sandra? You mean my Sandra? What's going on with my Sandra? <laughs> Why isn't she with you? Why You came with your daughter. Why were you attempting to leave without her? Right. <laughs> Rhonda and Jack. <laughs> so back in the movie within the movie, Bill's got a car in his mouth. And all you hear is, Bill, put that down. <laughs> he drops it and the theater vibrates again and you start to see the walls crack and the balcony creaks and it starts to like crack and break away kind of Sandra and Jean's parents run in and moms tell oh you know what I, I made a mistake I wrote some I put somewhere back here I said that after Dennis called mom he went up to the balcony he did not he waited on mom but now mom tells him wait right here in the mm. lobby and he runs up to the balcony yes see you said it and I didn't correct you I just watched the movie and I didn't correct you it's it's literally playing in the background right now <laughs> and I just I just went with it yeah it is what it is and I wrote that down incorrectly so <laughs> theater manager and Larry are trying to get the shelter door open with their crowbars and hammers and everything. Gene and Sandra think people are trying to get in. Oh, well, we have to let them in. Gene's like, but what about the radiation? But we have to let them in. That mm-hmm. way it's not just up to us to repopulate the earth. <laughs> 
they get the door open and the parents run in and they'll see them like sitting there wrapped around each other and it's like oh kids oh yeah and like the face that jack gives gene (laughs) dad is like what are you doing with my daughter young man excuse me i i'm a a free thinking non-traditional kind of guy but get the fuck off my daughter kid yeah (laughs) that's it right there (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the place is still shaking. The kids, the people sitting beneath, it's mostly kids in this place. And that's to everyone's detriment. Yeah, that's never a good sign whenever it comes to outings. If it's nothing but children, shit is about to go down. (laughs) So the kids that are seated underneath the balcony are having like dust and debris falling on them. Because the whole place is still shaking. And the balconies, they're going nuts up there. That's one way to put it. In the movie, in Mant, there are literal townsfolk with pitchforks coming after him now. Harvey, as Mant, comes back into the theater, and that's what they're seeing. What's he going? Where's he doing? Wait, he's got that nurse. So he goes and grabs Ruth, who's the nurse, because Larry's Mm. not there to stop him this time. And she's trying to get away from him, and she's struggling. He eventually pulls a knife on her, grabs her, and takes her backstage. Yes. I have a fear of knives. Yeah. This is triggering. (laughs) I've had one pulled on me before. It's not fun. No. That's more legitimate fear and thing than my bugs. But like even before that, I've always had a fear of knives. So back in the movie within the movie, they're contemplating dropping an atomic bomb on Chicago to kill Bill. Hey. Kill Bill. Look at that. (laughs) Back out in the real world movie um matinee (laughs) larry theater manager all the kids not the parents though are there behind the stage with uh harvey who's got ruth at knife point and he's demanding the money and sherry and spouting more bad poetry at them (laughs) larry gives him the money he trades ruth for sherry more bad poetry and larry's just like what does she see in that guy and they call the cops So they try to go turn off all the effects. Stan runs off after Sherry. Yeah, because like he had tried to before, but Larry stopped him. Yeah. And then they was like, no, we're just going to call the cops. Yeah. But But something happened and he got distracted and it left room for Stan to escape and go after her. Yes. Because they went to turn off Rumble Rama and everything. And Gene's like, wait, it's still shaking. Everything's turned off, but it's still shaking. So that's when Stan runs off after Sherry and promptly gets knocked the fuck out. <laughs> so he tried. He, he gave did. it his all. He did. He he ran out there. He can't help it that Harvey is a grown ass man. <laughs> so Gene and Larry go out out front to see that the balcony's ready to fall. And so Gene's like, "What do we do? Do we shut off the movie?" He's like, "No, because if they do that, they'll start stomping." So now Larry has a plan. He tells everybody Larry go- knows his audience. Yes, I mean he does. Yeah, he tells everybody go clear the aisles, get all the doors open, um, and we're gonna we're gonna speed up the movie. Back in the movie within the movie, <laughs> Carol is at the dentist, and Doctor Grabau is very testy, titchy, if you will. Mm. Um, she's like, "What's what's going on?" He's like, "Some what does he say?" I don't know. Something about a hand. Not a hand at all. Not since Bill bit me. And he's got an ant pincher hand. Yeah. And, then, and she. And she's. 
screaming. Don't know what would happen because all of a sudden the movie, the screen blanks. And then you hear a big rumble. And then there's wind. There's flames. It almost looks like a 3D effect, but I guess it's just not. And then they see they see the A-bomb, the mushroom cloud. And they mm-hmm. all, oh shit, it's happening. And they all run out of the theater. They're screaming. People are running. Navy brat faints. Because of course I he does. laughed so hard <laughs> at that. Like, unexpectedly laughed so hard at that. Like, it was just a small little thing. But that yeah. kid has put up such a fucking front about being a Navy badass kid. Yep. And then as soon as something happens, he like, like his eyes were just rolling. He did like, not make it up out of his seat. He, his no. eyes rolled in the back of the head and he melted down into the seat. Like, just, <laughs> not I like was he was sitting out on my porch. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting out on my porch and I was just like. <laughs> You're like, what? Do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make that into a text message tone for you, okay? Oh, I need it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't do it. Well. Is there a turkey in here? <laughs> like that's what people will say. <laughs> like, no, it's just my friend. <laughs> that's my friend. Don't worry about it. That's my friend texting. That turkey? No, it's Tiffany. Anyway. <laughs> So that Dennis- alliteration, though. <laughs> Ew, that was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be mine. <laughs> okay, so Dennis had been up on the balcony. He's been wearing this cowboy hat the entire movie. I didn't bring it up because it didn't seem pertinent to the story, but now it is because it fell off or some kids took it from him or like playing keep away. God, I hate kids. Though. Yeah, yeah, kids snatched it straight off his dome piece. I- I and it looked like Jesse's from Toy Story. It does, yeah. And so he runs back onto the collapsing balcony for his hat. Meanwhile, everybody else in the theater has run outside and say, oh, shit, it's okay. It's it's all still here. Yeah. And another kid says, I'm seeing this twice. <laughs> <laughs> so Jean, Mom, and Sandra are running up the stairs to save Dennis because they went down the aisle in the main theater. And he's like, Jean, Jean. He's like, oh, shit, he's up there and it's about to collapse. And they all know it. Mm-hmm. So they run up there and try to save him. And Gene's like having to hold out his hand. Dennis has to fight against gravity. Trying to pull the front of the balcony down. And he's at the back trying to get to the door. And it's broken off from the wall. Yeah. So we do the dramatic, take my hand, grab my hand. Yeah, there's like a good three foot gap. Yeah. At least. Gene grabs him. And he kind of falls down. And then they have to pull him up. And the balcony just whoosh, down annihilates all of the chairs underneath of it. Like, they fucking fly up into the air. It was pretty, it was pretty, pretty sick looking. Yeah. Balcony crashes down, pull him up. That's what I said in my notes. <laughs> um, And back on screen, we thought we had seen the bomb. We realized it was just the movie. It was the film itself. That was Larry's plan. Yeah. It was to make them, to get them out of the theater by making them think that the bomb had gone down and they all thought they were going to be safer outside. Yeah, and that there was a fire inside of yeah. the movie theater. And I guess they had 17 minutes to get home. Whatever that was. Oh. <laughs> the kid just fainted. Sorry. <laughs> just, 
And somehow it's so much better than like if he'd been standing and then dropped in a dead faint and then he was sitting and just didn't even have a chance to get out of his chair. No. And then, they, and then they're taking him out. These kids are carrying him out and they see Ruth as the nurse and they say, nurse, this guy fainted. And she says, I see that. Okay, everybody get out. Get out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God, I love her. And she's like one of those actresses that I didn't even realize how much I enjoyed her until watching this movie. And it made me think about her previous roles. Like, I knew the Casper one. And then the Wendy meets Casper. Yeah. Which was my fucking jam as a kid. So Larry shuts off all the projectors. He walks outside and sees a fire. Uh, or He's outside and um, one of the firefighters comes out and says, there's no fire in there. He says, no, I turned it off. <laughs> what? Everybody who was lined up for the second show are mad. And it's like, listen, there's no place for you to go in there. Just Yeah, this one lady like holds her kid up to Is it to the manager guy? Yeah, to the manager. Yeah. She holds her kid up to the manager guy. She's like, He's been waiting three weeks for this. Explain this to him as the kid's just like fucking punching him. And I'm like, yeah. and the Karen's are born. <laughs> She's like, You tell him. I was like, He he just did, bitch. He just told everybody. All at right. once. So f- the fucking balcony's down. Like, <laughs> you can't go in there. Yeah. No, 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 Okay, so um, Larry's talking to Mr. Spectre, the owner, about how he's going to do more and have ghosts um, popping out of the screen. And he says, one thing I do see, seat wetness. If we scare the piss out of these kids, it could be a drawback. It's not how he says it, but he said seat yeah. wetness. It's a possible <laughs> drawback. Yeah. Manager looks at Larry and says, "You wrecked my theater." He says, "I did not. He did." And the cops have uh, have I skipped this altogether in my notes. Even oh no, wait, I didn't finish my notes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Harvey steals a car and Sherry promptly wrecks the car, and the cops get him. And Stan and Sherry reunite. I just skipped those lines. So <laughs> when Larry says, "I didn't wreck your theater," he. Th- theater he did and harvey has been screaming sherry for the last like 10 minutes apparently <laughs> just non-stop sherry! yeah sherry! at some point stan wakes up and he starts running after the car and then as yeah. soon as he starts to run after the car is whenever they wreck into the police officers who immediately just jump out and grab him yeah sherry gets out of the car and she's like stan oh stan sherry sherry <laughs> The whole that's all it is is shit. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's funny because at one point, whenever, uh, whenever Larry was showing Harvey how to do the controls and everything for the movie, mm-hmm. uh, Larry looks at Harvey and he says, "You know, you're kind of a good-looking kid. Have you ever thought about acting?" To which Harvey replied, "How do you do that?" <laughs> and Larry said. You, you know, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. That's yeah. fine. Uh, nah. So then we move on with our lives. The missile crisis is over. Dad's coming home. I don't know why I wrote. Oh, they get written up in the paper. Not exactly top billing, but a few pages in, there's a teeny tiny little article. It says, horror stunt saves patrons lives. Larry and Ruth are heading out to the next place, Cleveland, to the next premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, his parting advice to Gene is keep your eyes open. 
and Jean knows what it means. But Sandra asks him, like, keep your eyes open for what? And it's the scary parts. Yeah. Keep your eyes open for the scary parts. I love it. (laughs) And then Ruth and Larry are talking, and I didn't even write any of that down. (laughs) Yeah. They were talking about family stuff. Yeah, talking about being part in a family and being together forever. <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> in a roundabout sort of way. That's what they yeah, said. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Kathy Moriarty would never. Ne- never. 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 <laughs> oh, here's a, I'm looking at quotes. It says, Jean says, you know, it's hard to believe you're a grown-up. Ruth says, no kidding. Larry <laughs> says, you think grown-ups have it all figured out? It's just a hustle, kid. Grown-ups are making it up as they go along just like you. You remember that and you'll do fine. Yeah, and I have never heard something more true in my entire fucking life. <laughs> Speaking as a quote-unquote grown-up, and I still feel unsettled in saying that about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, those words are fucking true. Yep. Do you want to know the rating? Okay. It has an IMDb rating of 6.9 stars. Okay. Yeah. All right. I gave this movie a 7.2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. What's your rating? I was going to do 7.5. 7.35. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Well, I don't have a lot of... Uh... I think you said it best. You don't have a lot of lingering thoughts. About <laughs> yeah, like it was pretty straightforward, you know? It was just an entertaining movie. Although I did, like especially towards the end of the movie, I felt like I had just gotten finished watching a long episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Huh. Interesting. I, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of that show. I know. You didn't have cable growing up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've seen I a few episodes. But yeah. Um, I don't know. This is this was part of our, our Halloween movies. I don't really know why. I mean, it was set around... It was set in October. Yeah. And it's monster movies. That's probably why it was in our Halloween movies. But there was a time where I had a hand-me-down TV. It was a combination TV, DVD... VCR, but the DVD player stopped working. Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember it. And all I could watch were my v- our old VHS tapes, and so I because we used to go one. down to the basement to watch yeah. DVDs. Yes, and cable. I'm sorry. Continue. Thank you. <laughs> um. So this was this was just one I watched a lot, and that's how I got to know it so well as more than just a, a Halloween movie because I watched yeah. it. Yeah. Every night. <laughs> it was one of a, a, a very few I had in rotation. So it's it's nostalgic to me, as so many of these movies are. And it brings out the, the, the punniness in my mother, apparently. So that's a plus. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. As always, if you have a movie you want to uh, hear us talk about, or you think it's underrated, underappreciated, Send us an email at theobservationbubble at gmail.com and we'll give it a watch and then we'll talk about it. And it'll be great. It'll be fun. Word. And you know what? 
keep your eyes open for the scary parts. Do it. That's what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. We're the same thing. For a change? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So unique. <laughs> Never happened before. Something new and different for us. <laughs> anyway. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Catch you in the next one. <laughs>